Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. Listen to interviews with the movers, shakers, geniuses, and innovators of the financial advisory world. Visit FMGSuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. And now, without further delay, the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Hi, everybody. Mike Woods here, one of the founding members of FMG Suite. Welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors, presented by FMG Suite. More than 40,000 advisors rely on FMG Suite to help them stay connected, build relationships, and grow their business. Now it's your turn. Visit us at fmgsuite.com and schedule a demo so you can see our tools in action. Today I'm excited to be speaking with William Gunn. William is the lead marketing specialist here at FMG Suite. He has coached more than 500 financial advisors on their financial strategies. In today's podcast, we're gonna do some roll up your sleeve ideas on marketing. We're gonna drill deep into the branding, communication, office systems, and prospecting, all key aspects of your marketing plan. We're gonna help put some definition to that word marketing too. We're also gonna give you some bite ideas to help you jumpstart your overall efforts. We'll finish the podcast with a discussion on what it means to be referable. Lots of advisors say they want referrals, but they don't act like it. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. On with the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by William Gunn. He is one of our lead marketing strategists at FMG Suite. William works with financial professionals day in and day out on their marketing strategies. William, how are you doing today? Doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for having me here. Oh, par- well, it's perfect. I, you know, as we uh, be- before I butcher it, let me turn it over to you and <laughs> and let you explain to everybody what your responsibilities are and what you how you interact with advisors and what you really uh, um, what what you do. Sure. So before we get into that, I just want to say thank you for putting on these podcasts. I really enjoyed the last one I had a chance to listen to. It's really educational experience, at least on my side. And I just wanted to say thanks for putting in the time for putting these. They're really, really entertaining. Awesome. Okay. So my role, uh, I help advisors make sense of marketing. Uh, my role is to really figure out what your goals are uh, as an advisor, figure out how they fit as far as the the overarching story goes, what your story is, what your client's story is, what paths you need to follow in order to get there. And every advisor takes a slightly different path. And we 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 hammer it out. We've got a lot of solutions and tools in our toolbox, but just like a hammer can be used for more than just banging on nails, uh, we want to figure out how to use these tools that make the most sense for each individual advisor. So from a 50,000 foot view, that's essentially what we do. Gotcha. Fascinating. Well, you know, I, uh, you and I have worked together now for some time, and I know you've worked with more mm-hmm. than 500 advisors on their marketing strategies, and you also mm-hmm. help, help them refine their approach to referrals. W- when you start working with a financial advisor, what stage are they at with their marketing program? Where, where do you usually pick somebody up at? Sure. Uh, that, the, you know, the weird thing is we get advisors from all different walks of life at different points in their practice. Uh, they might be just starting out. They might have been established for 30 plus years. Uh, one advisor I had started in the 50s and was really trying to refine some of their marketing uh, in the digital age. So sure. we get advisors with 
all different levels of experience with different sorts of goals, different uh, different things they're trying to achieve. And I don't think there's just a cookie cutter answer. I think everyone coming in, though, they have the same sort of desires. They want to, they feel something's missing from their practice and they feel that they want to take it to the next level. And that's where we're usually starting with. What is that next level? Gotcha. Putting definition around that. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. about uh, advisors that, you know, have been in the business 30, 40 years. They started with uh, public seminars were very vogue at that time. Printed yeah. newsletters yeah. were very, uh, you had to have a printed newsletter. You had to have that arrive into someone's mailbox. But mm -hmm. um, some of those tried and true marketing approaches really have faded over the last 10 years. And you'd be uh, hitting that nail right on the head, uh, kind of going back to the, the hammers for a bit. The weird thing as well, uh, to kind of shift it a little bit, is some of those tried and true methods for some advisors still work. Uh, for other advisors, they they might have been able to pack a house with a thousand bucks with a printed invite. Sure. Uh, and maybe gotten five or six clients out of it, but now you've got to spend tens of thousands in some cases in order to get the same sort of results these days. Right. Uh, there's a lot of shifts and changes in the marketing trends and being on top of those shifts and knowing what your client preferences are. Uh, it, advisors in bigger cities have different results than those in rural areas and those with more competition have uh, different results than those who are they're the only one in their, uh, in, in their pond. Gotcha. You know, it... Um... You know, you know, thinking about advisors and where they start off and where you pick them up at, do you do you have to put much definition around the phrase marketing? Do do advisors have a good grasp of what what marketing is? Do they or do they need kind of a marketing one hundred and one so they can get to a marketing two hundred and one level? Yeah, that's that's a really good question. In my experience, a lot of the advisors tend to come with not as much experience in the marketing realm as they as as they might would like. Uh, so as an example, a lot of advisors really spend a lot of their time learning their own craft, uh, sure. paying attention to what's happening for their own client portfolios, getting client meetings scheduled. Their time is best spent with their book of business and growing their practice uh, with prospects and meeting new people and getting in front of people. And because of that, and because time is so valuably spent in those areas, they often don't have as much time to spend in the marketing arena. So they're coming in with maybe not as solid a foundation as those who have a marketing person on staff. Sure. Uh, right. If they, if they have to wear the marketing hat on top of the advisor hat, on top of the business donor hat, on top of all these other things that they have to do. Sure. Uh, and so we're starting out usually with marketing 101. And for a lot of those advisors, I have the conversation, well, let's break it down to basics. Uh, what is marketing? Marketing is, we'll start off with this. Marketing is not sales. It is not sales. Marketing leads to sales if you do it right, but it is not sales by itself. Marketing is storytelling. So when you shape it around a storytelling, uh, wrap it up in a storytelling uh, wrapper, it sure. makes it a little bit easier to comprehend how to create better stories. And there's a lot of different areas that you could focus on, like branding and communications. All those things further a story for uh, for for your marketing endeavors. Sure, interesting. Do advisors in general do they know what their story is, or do they need to be told what their story is, or do they need, or I should say, do they need help shaping what their story is? Mm. I, I don't think anyone can be told what their story is. 
near as much as they probably know, but they haven't actually articulated. Right. That's yeah. That's what I'm trying to get at. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I think with a lot of advisors, when you're trying to figure out what the story is, we'll just start at the bare bones basics. We'll say, hey, why are you in this industry in the first place? What gets you out of bed every day? Uh, for, for some, they might say they watched their parents make a lot of financial decisions that didn't work out so well. So they wanted to get into it to keep other uh, individuals from having their families go through the same things that they went through. That's what gets them out of day, uh, out of bed every day. That's what motivates them mm -hmm. uh, to, to help someone else. And those advisors who have that sort of story, we can start saying, okay, let's get a, uh, like a rule book almost figured out. This is what keeps you uh, going every day, helping new people. How do we help new people? Uh, well, we help new people by uh, making sure they have less stress about their finances. Well, how? Well, we make sure that we're on top of it with educational material. We make sure that they've got a place that's not confusing uh, that they can log into if they need, uh, if, if they have questions. We have someone who's always available. We provide better service uh, so that you're always at ease where, when you need to be. So we're trying to figure out not only what the story is, but now that we've got the story mapped out, we can figure out how to build the marketing platforms that further that story. Gotcha. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I, I think... Um... Heck, even 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 writers have a hard time writing about themselves. I think that uh, mm -hmm. financial advisors can articulate what they're what they're doing, who their clients are, what they like to do better than they can tell the story about themselves. That you know, they, you always hear that. Uh, you know, put together an elevator pitch. Boy, I've I've known many financial advisors who really struggle with what is that elevator pitch. Yeah. That elevator pitch is a big one for sure. Uh, in fact, we've got a lot of resources that help specifically on an elevator pitch. Uh, probably the the best way to put it is starting with that why. Why is what why is it you're in the business in the first place? Who is it you do business for? Uh, how do you do that? And then maybe leave it at that. Uh, keep it is if you can say it in one breath, you probably got as much as you need. Ah, uh, interesting, interesting. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's change a little speed here, and let's go into you know what you and I have talked about a couple of times that the the really the um, the four areas of focus when someone yeah. comes to you and they want to when someone uh, 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 comes to FMG and says they really want to do coaching, they come into right. our Elevate package and they are going to then be assigned a coach who's going to work with them on really the four areas, branding, communication, office system, and prospecting. Uh, mm -hmm. let's, let's dig into each one of them. Let's, let's start with branding. Uh, it, okay. it, it seems so simple, uh, yet it seems so elusive at the same time. You know, most, most advisors, you know, they, when, when I talk to advisors about branding, they, they talk to me about their logo and what that says about their business. But they, they, mm -hmm. they sometimes don't grasp that branding is, is much, much more than that. Yeah. I think you you you, hit, you you're coloring in a picture, and I, I want to finish coloring that in a little bit. Uh, branding, uh, especially with the logo, is and, and I'll go right back to the storytelling aspect. Uh, think about a Venn diagram where you have those two circles that kind of overlap a little bit. Uh, the branding side of things is the storytelling aspect of how your story overlaps with your ideal client story. So the best brands aren't fully your circle or your client's circle. It's that almond shape in the middle where they overlap. Mm -hmm. And that's more than just your logo. Uh, it's more than just your website. 
it's more than just how your office is built and the decor and the walls and the uh, the wall paintings that you have hanging up. It's the experience that people get that they remember about your firm. Sure. Uh, it's 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 more than just the tangible stuff and it's the intangible things that people often forget. Fascinating. Now, when when people start to work with you, do they have a good understanding of what well let me put it this way do they do you help them refine their brand or do you help them adjust their brand do they have something that they need to have further refined or do do they need to take it 90 degrees or 45 degrees in a different direction actually it's a little bit of uh, all of the above uh, for the most part we've got a lot of advisors who come in and they say take a look at our brand tell us what you think and we'll review everything. We'll make sure that business cards are printed great. Uh, and we'll say, you know what? We wouldn't change a thing. This is done very well. And we have these other advisors. Well, they'll come in and they'll say, here's my brand. I put it together myself in Microsoft word, be completely honest. And so we will. <laughs> sure. sure. Yeah. And, and the, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that we've got the best story possible. Uh, for the advisors who come to us, they're looking for someone not to sugarcoat it. We don't want yep. to just say, you know, this, it's okay. Uh, if it's okay, we will tell you it's okay. And we'll also tell you when and where and how you need to fix it. We'll give you the option if you want to do that with us. We've got those options that we can do the branding on our side. Or we'll say, here's a few things that you could do on your own in case you were wearing the uh, the project designer hat. Some sure. advisors will have some graphic design experience or have someone they know that does that. And by all means, our goal is to make sure you have the best story possible uh, and, and, and get you to that finish line. Gotcha. You know, the, um, there's a, uh, a friend of mine is a small business owner. He owns a mm -hmm. gym and it's a small okay. gym. There's only about a hundred members, but his, sure. his approach is, uh, it's all about having a trainer and, mm -hmm. Of the hundred members, about sixty or seventy of them are training members. They they train with one of the trainers there, in addition to being members of the gym. Well, when I mm -hmm. went to his website, his website all it had was pictures of the gym, pictures of barbells, pictures of weights, and 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 he and I had to talk about marketing and positioning. And I said, the, the, what what the images you need on yeah. the website are of people working with people about what yeah. what you're trying to do. Give me an idea or give our listeners an idea here of how often you run into something like that where there's a, a mismatch oh, of what, what, is, what, what the person wants to communicate and what they're actually showing. All the time, all the time. Uh, that's, that's right back to that Venn diagram uh, where you've got your story and your client story, your ideal client story. Mm -hmm. Like that, that gym analogy, if you've got things like your barbells and your equipment, you're basically listing all your services that you have. Here's me. Here's my gym. Here's all the fun things that I can do. Uh, but you don't have anything necessarily around your clients. Uh, so there's no overlap. You're, you're very centric on yourself, but not really showing what it's like for a person coming in for the first time to say, do you work with someone like me? Is there someone that uh, that would show the human element to this. Right. Am I going to get something more than just dumbbells? I can get dumbbells from Target if I want to go to one that's of those superstores. That's exactly right. Yeah, and that's what, not... What's the differentiator? Yeah, that's the... Uh, uh, you could go to 24-hour fitness. You could go to Choose Fitness. Mm -hmm. You could go to Planet Fitness. Um, dumbbells are dumbbells. Dumbbells are you dumbbells. you got to differentiate. Right. What's it, your differentiator? It's your differentiator. Um, 
do you, do you find that advisors may be working with teachers and the, but their website shows something completely different? I've seen that. Actually, I, I was speaking with a member today. Uh, true story. Uh, was working with he's working with uh, small business owners, and we were talking about things that were missing from his site, and he's completely missing his small business uh, uh, market. No services on what he does. The things that are on the site are less applicable to the things that he actually does. He still does those few things, but he's missing his core audience. Sure. Mm-hmm. You, you've got to build stuff that shows your core audience that you you serve them. And here's how you serve them. Otherwise, people are going to just immediately assume that you don't have anything for them. Gotcha. You know, it, it raises an interesting question. Do people... Um... Do people know what differentiates them or do they have to choose something or does or is it more of a natural progression? I just started to work with these types of people. It's all over the board, I think. Uh, every advisor has their own strengths. Uh, some advisors will come in and they'll say, uh, I specifically want to work with small business owners because my daddy was a small business owner. My mom was a small business owner and they did very well and I want to help more people just like them. That's what I know. Uh, other advisors will come in and they'll just they'll naturally have this um, uh, an affinity for teachers uh, of, of a local college. They find that half their book of business is teachers from this university. Sure, it's just an untapped market or something an unrealized market. Maybe if they're already attracting a lot of these teachers anyway, there's probably a whole lot more potential if they were to focus a little more of their efforts. Right, got it. Okay, I think that did a good uh, job of talking about branding. Uh, we talked about uh, the branding, communication, office systems, and prospecting. We're going to move on to number mm-hmm. two here, communication. Sure. You know, this is uh, an area that's uh, near and dear for us at FMG because when you think about communication, you think of a lot about what uh, FMG provides as far as mm-hmm. uh, a website, content marketing, the different types of campaigns, the different types of emails that we offer, and the, the yep. whole approach that we want to get advisors on, which is creating that interaction with their clients and their customers and their, mm-hmm. and, excuse me, and their prospects. Mm-hmm. What I think, give me, no, a, go ahead, go ahead. I, I, give me an idea of when, where people are at when you pick them up on their communication. Are they doing uh would you give them an A? Would you give them a B? Would you give them a C? Where, where, where do they start at? Most advisors being completely honest are a C or a below. Interesting. And uh, the reason I think is they put their own preferences in the mix when trying to decide how they want to reach out to clients. They'll say, well, I don't want to get content like this, or I don't want to get content this frequently, so therefore my clients don't want to get content this frequently. They make assumptions without actually getting the feedback or the data. Interesting. Interesting. Um, How do advisors view their communications with the client? Do they view them as a necessary evil, or do they view them as something that's going to advance the ball, advance the narrative for them? I think a lot of advisors are looking for communications that grow the business. And some of them uh, will focus too much on a particular type of communication, the prospecting ones or things that are going to generate leads. And they'll leave a lot of the other ones, which are more relationship building or staying top of mind and staying proactive uh, on the table. Uh, So when it comes to building a communication plan, there's a lot of checkboxes we've got to hit. And the way that I teach this to advisors is, well, let's start with why you're building a communication strategy in the first place. Uh, Think Advisor did a research project a while ago, and it was top reasons why clients leave their financial advisor. I think reason number four 
if I'm recalling correctly, was advisors don't reach out enough. So we use that as a starting point to say, how frequently are you currently reaching out? What sort of communications are you sending out? Are you giving a good mix to everybody? And let's tweak the dials accordingly. Uh, with the, the types of communications, there's, there, there's all sorts of things that you may want to take into consideration. Uh, one of which is uh, the educational stuff. Uh, so you've got things that are more cli uh, client-centric versus prospecting. For educational, that is going to be a different message that you might send. You might have more drip campaign pieces over here for prospects, but more uh, just showing that I'm on top of things with uh, with my clients. Sure. You, you might have educational versus social communication. So you've got things that are a little bit more happy birthday or holidays, just, Hey, was thinking about you. just wanted to send a quick thing your way. Yeah. A little bit uh, of a versus, re relationship builder. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and a lot of advisors are missing that component altogether. Uh, you might try things that are more proactive versus reactive uh, so that you've got something that's going out uh, on a, a proactive basis, something like a, a weekly commentary, monthly letter, quarterly newsletter, uh, something that you can set a time or two almost. It's it's going to go out regardless. And then the reactive stuff, things like the Brexit, uh, when Brexit happened, if everyone remembers that. Sure. Uh, the best advisors reacted right when it happened and said, I'm on top of it. I got to get this out just like that. Sure. Yeah. And F they did. FMG Suite created a... Uh about a minute video about Brexit and what it means. You know, and the it, best advisors would have used it. Yeah. Yeah. What's interesting now we're doing this podcast, uh, mm -hmm. right after president Trump raised uh, tariffs on China, right after mm -hmm. the federal reserve lowered interest rates, right after China devalued its currency. We've had a, the market has been extremely volatile over the last five days. Do, yeah. do the advisors look at this as an opportunity to communicate or an opportunity to, not get in the conversation. What where do Ooh. they where do they go? I guess it depends on where each advisor is wanting to put the focus. Uh, some advisors are probably going to say, "I need to be on top of this uh, and get ahead of it before we get a lot of people calling in asking questions." So they'll they'll react with a quick, "Here's a what's happening, and here's something that we got to send out." Other advisors will say, "This is not part of your bigger picture. This isn't something we need to be focusing on," and they'll go more for. I'm aware. I know it's happening. It's nothing you need to be concerned about. That's going to be more on the individual advisor's preference per se. But sure. knowing, showing that you're in the know, I think, is half the battle. You know and you're aware. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, uh, three or four, uh, well, we, we constantly have focus groups. We constantly have advisor groups here at FMG. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, I was running one about three years ago when, when we had a, a, a similar market volatility period. And uh, it was a, a pointed question because the, we, the group got together right after, uh, right actually after during the market was extremely volatile. And I posed the question mm -hmm. and I was surprised at how many advisors said, you know, I just don't get in the conversation because we've, 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 we've put a plan together that based on your risk tolerance, mm -hmm. your time horizon and your goals, and we've taken into account the fact that the market's going to be volatile. So I don't want to draw attention to myself. I don't want to draw mm -hmm. attention to the market because, because my, my clients are people that, are, that, that see it, but they don't care about it because they know I'm in charge of it. Does, does that reasoning still work or is it, have, we, have we evolved a little bit in the last two or three years? Oh, goodness. Um, 
I think when it comes to that sort of strategy, it's still going to vary from advisor to advisor. So long as you're proactively reaching out with some sort of communication, uh, I think is going to be more important uh, in the long scheme of things. Uh, I, I wouldn't be the one to advise if you should get in front of it, if that's completely against your overall sure. uh, ideology. Yeah. Uh, yep. But so long as you're reaching out in general, I think that's more important. Yeah, it was surprising to me. We had about 20 people on the panel and uh, 14, 15 said, mm, I just don't do it. I just don't yeah. participate in that discussion. But you would think it's a natural part of it. But um, for some, they've and, and the ones that don't have done it in the past and have realized that it's backfired on them or something they shouldn't do. So it's a, it's an interesting dynamic. Be, before mm -hmm. we leave the communication part, I want to touch on an area that is, I think, uh, uh, something that advisors, sometimes they overlook, sometimes they underestimate. But mm -hmm. not only is the not only is the client getting information from the advisor on content information, different types of content marketing that they're doing, different types yeah. of messages they're sending out, but their broker dealer is sending out messages. They're also getting mm -hmm. messages that are business related. Do do advisors consider that whole package, or, or how do you coach advisors to look at the whole package? During a during a month time, for example, how many messages they're getting, or their individual client is getting overall? Sure. Uh, when it comes to the amount of content going out, I think that's where your content mix makes the most sense. Mm -hmm. Where you've got a good mix of different types of content, the social versus educational. If you were only getting one type of communication from one source that had the same sort of feeling over and over and over and over again. I mean, imagine if you, when you first thing you did uh, this morning, you, you open up your phone, you uh, flip through your newsfeed, all the same uh, news articles. And then you open up your email, all the same news articles. And then you get to your website and you watch videos, all the same uh, videos. It's going to get monotonous after a little while. But when you mix it up with, here's some news articles and here's some things that are bigger picture and here's some fun things and here's a different mix and here's different channels that I'm reaching out on. Uh, here's a few things that I found as your advisor that I think you should pay attention to shared content, broker dealer content, uh, or things happening in the local community. Uh, and also here's a few things that I've put together myself uh, that's specific to, uh, to you, my client. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that sort of mix is going to feel less like you're, pushing out a lot of the same content uh, or burdens, uh, burdening clients with too much information uh, by, by rounding it out a bit. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we've, uh, we've hit on branding. We've hit on communication. Uh, yeah. We got office systems and prospecting left. I yeah. want to touch on office systems uh, because I think that's often overlooked and that's something is. that is uh, very valuable. You know, um, several years ago, uh, an advisor out of Pittsburgh, Paul Bram, was giving a conference and uh, a presentation, and I was uh, at it in attendance. And uh, he went off on office systems and different types of financial plans and different types of what I would really call really, really the blocking and tackling for a financial advisor. And that was one of the most well-attended sessions because it seems like advisors are just crying for knowledge on how to set up these office systems. What do you find when you work with advisors? I find advisors haven't taken the time to uh, put a lot of, or haven't taken the time to write it down. 
Gotcha. That's probably the big thing. I was about to say they don't spend a lot of time thinking about it, but I don't think that's officially correct. They, they spend a lot of time thinking about it, and they have an idea of how they'd like it to look, but it's not consistent. When you call any number of advisors, you'll have different ways they answer the phone over and over and over again. Sure. In some cases, uh, some advisors I've even called today uh, and have had quick conversations on, I'll give them a call and they'll say, hello, this is John. And I'm like, okay, is, is this John so-and-so? Did I call a company? Uh, is this your cell phone? Is this the office? I don't get the sense as a first-time person calling out that I've got an actual professional sure. on the other end of the line. So we need to systemize uh, the everything. Uh, if there's something that you do in the same way more than once, there should be a written process for how to do it. Bottom line, period. Yep, don't want to do the... Don't want to do, don't want to do something for the first time every time. Uh, That's it. <laughs> uh, interesting. I, I like that. I'm going to use that. That's much better. <laughs> well, I think you know it's one of the things you and I talked about the other day too with uh, office systems. Just handling a new client, uh, channeling, mm -hmm. uh, getting them through the right process. Uh, yeah. Some advisors you work with uh, uh, need really even the the blocking and tackling. Explain to them on that. Yeah, I think with onboarding clients, it couldn't be more crucial to get right. A uh, good example of this is if you, if say you're an advisor and you have a new client come on board and you go through this glorious onboarding process, something that you've got memorized uh, and it's just a, you knock it out of the park. You send these follow-up letters, you get it set up uh, with the appointments. You've got appointment reminders going out. You've got info kits going out. Uh, here's the checklist of things you need to bring to the office. Here's my 30 day and 60 day and 90 day follow-ups. And it's just brilliant. So that client with that wonderful experience refers you to a friend. Now, because you've got everything memorized, uh, maybe we don't hit every checkbox in the same way. Maybe we forget to send the info kit. So when they come to the office and you ask for stuff, oh, you're absolutely right. I forgot to send that list. Sure. Here's something we'll need to do next time. You're not, you're, you're, the story you told with the first client, that experience that they shared is not consistent with the second person. So not only do you not shine as brightly as you could, but now you've made the person who referred this person look bad. And I don't think there's anything worse that uh, anyone could do is make someone look bad. Yeah. So we've got to systemize, and that's one way to. Uh, that's one problem that gets fixed when things are consistent. Yeah, interesting. You know, I <laughs> I laugh. I think you know, in the era of Alexa. We, we can't afford that. I mean, you know, when I'm at home, I say, mm -hmm. Alexa, put, you know, milk on the shopping list. And then, you know, when I go shopping, I, you know, I say, Alexa, print out the shopping list. It, mm -hmm. It's, it's, you know, we've got smart fridges, we've got smart phones, we've got Alexa, uh, this type of stuff. It, it really seems like this is an easy place to tackle. But as you said, people just don't write it down. They just uh, make it up for the first time every time. Sure. Uh, probably a bigger thing uh, as well, in addition to writing it down, is sometimes people... Uh, when they're creating new habits, uh, they'll try and bite off more than they can chew. And when you're trying to learn something new, what's the saying? It takes 30 days to create a habit sure. uh, and maybe mm -hmm. 60 days if you're trying to unlearn a habit before you learn something new. Office systems is deceptively large as far as a task because it can take so much time to unlearn bad habits before you learn new ones. And because it's so time consuming, that often seems 
challenging for a lot of advisors. So our goal is to make that easier by saying, well, here's the best practice. Here's mo- let's modify it so that it best fits your story. Sure. And let's actually give it give you a starting point so you don't have to create this stuff from scratch. Right. Right. Absolutely. Sure. I, I think when if as you get an office system, say you commit to a client relationship manager, uh, those are those are like onions. They can keep you can keep peeling them and keep getting deeper and deeper into them. Uh, you have mm-hmm. to really just kind of set what you want to do uh, and make it work uh, and then move mm-hmm. on. Yep. I think uh, when you've got the systems in place, that's going to make things run so much smoother long-term. And if you were to hire a new employee, uh, as an example of that, it's so much quicker to train them. You train them right the first time, and then they're doing exactly what you want as you've had it written uh, for every other employee in the office. Gotcha. All right. So now we've got, uh, now we've covered office systems. We've got branding, communication, office systems, Let's go to prospecting. Uh, prospecting, really the golden ticket for advisors. Uh, it's the uh, golden ticket. It's <laughs> the Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. It, it is. It is the <laughs> uh, the golden ticket, the promised land, all that kind of stuff. Uh, how how do you how do you coach people on prospecting? Give give an idea of where. Uh, um, again, rate advisors overall and where they are with prospecting. Uh, so give them, give them yeah. a letter grade, and uh, let's talk about how you uh, improve that grade. Okay. Uh, Generally speaking, this isn't true for every advisor, but it is for a lot of the ones that I've seen. Strictly speaking of events, both client events and public events, we're looking at a D. A D. A D. A lot of room for improvement. Yeah, C's Uh, get degrees, but D's don't, everybody. (laughs) C's get degrees, but D's don't. Right. Uh, And that's that's the starting point for sure, is we've got to understand why we're at a D in the first place. And... For, for for advisors, it's sometimes all with comfort level. They, they're looking for something uh, that isn't going to be a one-and-done sort of solution. Events are a snowball strategy. It, it takes time to build before it really takes off. Uh, and once you've built up a, a, a big enough uh, event plan, then you're able to make yourself more referable long-term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that key we're, word we're, again, referable. Referable is a big keyword. Yeah. And, and you know, I've, I've, it's become more in my vocabulary, I'd say, over the last uh, six to 12 months. When you say referable, how, what do you mean by that? What is an, how does an advisor become more referable? Ooh. How does an advisor become more referable? That, I think, is the question they try and answer at every conference, everywhere, every every year it's and you'll always get different answers across the board i think and and for for a lot of companies they'll say in order to be referable here's the problem and here's us as a solution uh and it it becomes a sales tactic for a lot of those companies uh for advisors to become referable first they need to take a step back and say what is the story i'm trying to create what's the experience that I'm trying to create. Uh, if you go back to the uh, the beginning, and this is a motif between every strategy that I do, is marketing is about that storytelling aspect. Uh, where's the story? What's the thing that's going to share? Here's 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 another study by Nielsen uh, a, a little while ago, and the the study was talking about different types of advertisements and what is trusted more than other forms. And at the very tip top of the list, 
the top two items are uh, at 92%, uh, people trust the word of mouth uh, from a friend or a family mem member above all other forms. That's including social media ads or billboards or printed communications or phone calls or any of the sort. Insert your choice of strategy here. I'm going to trust my friend or family member before I trust anything else. Right, right. Uh, the number two item, and this is also what works out well with for FMG, is having a branded website. Most trusted thing is having a branded website right behind uh, the, the recommendation from a friend or family member. So if we're trying to create events to kind of bring it back full circle here, uh, we've got to create experiences that are shared, people that are or events that are going to be shared between the friends and family members of the people who attend them. What's the story in it? What's the wow experience behind it? And that's going to be the thing that makes you more referable. The communication strategy will keep that experience or, or give it longevity so that I don't forget about it. Sure. And when the opportunity to refer does come up, oh yeah, I, can't, I went to John Doe's event three months ago and I was just reminded with this weekly commentary that I've got someone I've got to send his way. Gotcha. A lot of things kind of tie together. So being referable is a bigger puzzle than just doing one silver bullet strategy. There's sure. not really one thing you can do. It's a lot of things you have to do. Yeah, you know, we did the uh, podcast with David DeMars a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. and uh, It's a great, know, a great office. Yeah, and David and I spoke quite a bit about what he's done to become referable. And, you know, mm -hmm. one of the uh, one of his approaches is he's doing a, a halftime report, which is giving mm -hmm. people a perspective on what happened in the first half of the markets. And mm -hmm. when he sends that invitation out to his uh, to his client base, and he selects his client base, He's, he's mm -hmm. really unabashed with saying, bring your friend, bring your family member, bring somebody else. Let them hear about this. He, he's, mm -hmm. he's very conscientious about re being referable with that. And uh, uh, he does another event, too, where he holds, uh, he, he, uh, he premiered Toy Story 4 for some of yep. his clients. And, w again, uh, invited the clients, told them to invite their friends, family, stop in, say hello. It was a social event, but he's really looking for people to... To, to make that connection to be referable. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the big thing there is uh, with Toy Story 4 or just movies in general, especially some of those bigger movies, you're going to always remember uh, the fact that you saw that in theaters. Uh, for me, uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan and I can, I, I remember every single time I went to a Star Wars movie uh, with my dad. Uh, when I was uh, growing up, and this is more for the prequel era, so that kind sure. of ages me a little bit. Yeah, for, <laughs> just <gonna say. laughs> or I guess it, it it shows my lack of age for some advice. Oh. <laughs> but uh, but I think you get the ideas. I I remember every single one of those. And had I gone with uh, to a to an event that was associated with the advisor, that wonderful experience would be associated with the advisor every single time I think sure. back on it. Yep. And we're talking now twenty years. Uh, since that uh, those started with the prequels, yeah. So there's a lot of longevity sure. if you just take the time to create the story. Yeah, it's fascinating. You know, when I talked to David about that, you know, it's a, it's a it's a total social event for him. Uh, it's just uh, something he puts on. You know, he doesn't talk business, doesn't have any business related materials there. Uh, he just is a host of a of a movie uh, for his valued customers and uh, their 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 people that he that they would select to bring. And uh, yep. for him, it's just uh, it, it, it's it's one of those bricks, I guess, in in all all you do referable. 
Mm-hmm. I think uh, that's that's a big thing uh, that a lot of advisors miss is just that human element. Mm-hmm. And we we talk about it with digital marketing and robo marketing and robo advisors. What's the thing that uh, that those things don't have? And it's that human connection. What the, the thing that separates the human advisor from every other digital platform is that human connection. So we got to make sure that we don't lose that when we build out our marketing strategy. And sometimes that means leaving business at the door and building those relationships. Uh, movie night being one type, you might do the bigger, grander uh, client appreciations, or you might just narrow it down to maybe your top 20%, maybe 10 people uh, going out golfing as a, as a quick, um, uh, uh, What's the what's the scatter one where you all hit and you go and you oh, take the best ball? Uh, oh yeah, best ball event, right? Yeah, or best a shot ball. or a shotgun start. Yeah, shotgun I, start, I, yeah. yeah. I, I like what you're getting at that uh, that it doesn't have to be a movie night. It doesn't have to be uh, a a presentation for 40, 50 people about what the markets are doing. It it has to mm-hmm. be with what you're comfortable with as an advisor. Right. The the story that you create needs to be relevant to you and your book of business. Back to that Venn diagram again. Right, uh, right. It can't just be the things that you like, and it can't just be the things your clients like. It has to be things that you both enjoy and benefit from. Otherwise, it's not going to feel right, and people will see that dissonance. Uh, the, the technology that you use, the website, the social media platforms, the automated tech uh, that, that sends out those communications should all enhance that story, but should never be a replacement of it. Gotcha. Awesome. Well, that's a good place for us to stop, William. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I hope everybody uh, listening got there, got uh, a lot to think about regarding branding, communication, office systems, and prospecting. Uh, this is, uh, William, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, and everyone, uh, thanks for joining us on the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. Uh, uh, we'll be in touch with our next episode soon. Thank you for listening to the Market in Motion podcast for financial advisors. If you found this episode informative, please share with your peers and colleagues. Visit fmgsuite.com to discover more great resources and products to transform you into an extraordinary marketer and grow your advisory. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox.